old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fears for him, but he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man said a fellow pilgrim near, you are wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again must pass this way. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you the bridge at the eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, and the path I have come, he said. There followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been not to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building the bridge for him. Aloha and welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast and this is Stephanie Colvin. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us and if you're new, welcome. I have a very good friend at Latter Day Help. He can be found on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram and probably a couple other social media platforms that I'm not remembering right now. His name is Spencer And he has requested for the topic to be this week, how to become more like Christ. It's interesting because I love it when um, friends or family of mine or even listeners send in ideas, topics that they want covered. And it always seems to be topics that I need to work on. So Spencer, thank you. I have been wrestling with this topic this week. Um... This topic is definitely very uh, difficult for me because, um, you know, I like to think of myself as a good person, but I know that I have uh, certain attributes or personality traits that I need to overcome. I travel a lot, so I'm on the road a lot here in California, and uh, some of these freeways can be the worst freeways and be my personal challenge to be Christ-like. Um, I get really upset when people do stupid things on the road that puts my safety or the safety of my family in danger. And that has been my Achilles heel for a long time because I've always driven a lot. Even when I was in high school, I had to drive an hour to school and an hour home for my sophomore to junior year. I've always been on the road. I love to take road trips. I really enjoy it. But um, as I get older and older, I think what's happening is that my patience is wearing thin. And um, this week, thankfully, I've been able to just stay at home and kind of chill. But we do also deal with traffic on 101, trying to get um, to work and home. So that's always a challenge as well. Um, Driving through Oxnard is a special kind of experience. And I want to acquire Christ-like attributes. One in particular would be meekness. I have a very good friend of mine in the second ward who I've done a lot of missionary work with. I haven't seen her in a while because of the pandemic, Um, but she is the most, whenever I think of meekness, her face comes to mind. 
She is a gentle soul and she loves the gospel of Jesus Christ. She's very active and she loves doing missionary work. Um, whenever I've seen her in a situation where maybe somebody has said something that could be taken offensively, or she made a mistake and somebody was correcting her, she has always been so humble and so gentle and so kind about it with a, with a like sweet smile on her face. She always has this sweet endearing smile. And, um, I swear if you look up meekness in the dictionary, her, her picture is right there. And I'm grateful for her example. I'm also grateful to Spencer at Latter-day Help for um, providing this topic for me because it was one that's really blessed my life this week and one that I needed and I hope you do too. So my greatest wish is that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God can speak to your heart and mind. Um, whatever it is that you need to pick up from this episode for your life, for yourself, for your family, and for your journey as you walk this life, this proving ground to return back home and once again live with Heavenly Father and Christ in the celestial kingdom. And make no mistake, we all want the highest degree of glory. So I'm going to start off with, um, I actually gathered a lot of information here. And um, trying to really organize it, my mind was kind of all over the place, but um, I wanted to focus on five steps, five steps to becoming truly Christ-like. Uh, I posted this on the LDSRPRL podcast Instagram account, and um, the first one is charity and love. Christ loved all people, even those that hated him. Um, The second step would be knowledge. We won't always have our tangible possessions, but our knowledge is something that we will have for eternity. And then the third step is patience. The fourth is humility. And the fifth is obedience. I wasn't surprised that obedience was in this list because obedience is key to our eternal happiness and joy. It's also key to our ability to receive blessings from Heavenly Father and to acquire knowledge to uh, increase our ability to walk up that ladder of grace by grace, grace for grace, and learn and continue to grow while we're here on earth. Humility has um, always been, uh, I think I am humble. Life has definitely humbled me. Um, I've had to start my life over a couple of times and rebuild it. And through that, I've learned that my possessions, my things aren't nearly as important as um, my testimony and my faith and what the Lord would have me do. Um, And I understand why humility is on the list of the five steps to become more like Christ-like. Patience, I think, is my greatest challenge. And I know it's it's a challenge for a lot of people around me. Um, my parents and my husband always say that patience is the gateway virtue because that's the virtue that opens up the door to acquire other virtues. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that later. President Eyring Uh, said that receiving guidance from the Holy Ghost will take more than casual listening and reading. You will need to pray and work in faith to put the words of truth down into your heart. 
you must pray that God will bless you with his spirit and that he will lead you into all truth and show you the right way. I love President Eyring. He wrote a book. Um, unfortunately, the title escapes me at this point. Uh, but it was about something about approaching the throne to God or drawing, drawing closer to God. And um, he is such a spiritual, spiritual man. Um, so I really pay attention to President Eyring when he speaks. Uh, it's so important that we have a good relationship with the Holy Ghost and that we develop our ability to understand the Spirit of God. That still small voice is never, um, it's rare that the still small voice is going to be yelling to get our attention. I have heard of uh, experiences where somebody was jolted into attention because usually it was a um, matter of life or death for them at that moment. But typically the Spirit is going to, t to speak to us softly and it's going to speak to our heart and minds. Um, so when he says that it's going to take more than casual listening and reading, we need to, when we're praying, make sure that we're praying with our whole heart, that we're taking the time to stop and to listen and to devote our heart and mind to that prayer, um, to really spend that time with the Holy Ghost and with Heavenly Father and Christ. Um, faith, of course, is always the key that makes prayers work and brings about the spirit and teaches us. That's always gonna be the special ingredient that we need in order to do all things within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And thankfully, I've had wonderful experiences and I've been able to grow my faith, especially while teaching seminary in this last year. Um, I've learned so much whenever I do or fulfill a calling that has been assigned to me. Um, I'm always blessed tremendously with uh, the spirit of truth who testifies to my heart and mind um, about the teachings. For example, this last week we were teaching in uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 98 through 101. And uh, Christ in, I think, section 98 teaches us how to handle those who um, persecute us. And I loved the way that he taught that particular um, uh, teaching because we really need to focus on that um, is to be merciful and forgiving and to the rewards that come when we're merciful and forgiving. Um, and he says to basically forgive them 70 times seven, but he also set forth a pattern for the saints that were being highly persecuted in Missouri. Um, you know, homes were taken away, their livestock, everything that they had, women and children were hurt in the most egregious ways. Men were killed. I mean, it just was a horrible experience. And yet Christ was teaching us that for us to sacrifice in his name, there is no greater glory. There is no greater sacrifice that we can give than to sacrifice in the name of Jesus Christ, to be willing to have the things that we have taken or even our own life and the name of Christ and all that is good and true. Um, 
going back to President Eyring's quote, he says, you must pray that God will bless you with his spirit. And I think oftentimes um, this can be forgotten. And it always takes me back to the quote by one of the apostles that um, said something like, and I'm going to paraphrase it in my own words. I do a lot of reading, so bear with me here. I can't remember everything exactly. But that, you know, woe be unto Lucifer for the saint that prays at least twice a day to have the spirit to be with them. And I also remember a talk that was given at one uh, state conference that talked about the uh, spirit being a gift. So it's a gift of the Holy Ghost that we're given at baptism. And like any good gift that we're given, we need to take it off the shelf and we need to use that. And we can do that by praying that God will bless us with the spirit. And that we can ask the Spirit to lead us in all truth and to show us the right way. The Holy Ghost is the truth testator. He is the one that testifies to our hearts and minds of all truth. And we can rely on Him. And He will also show us the way if we pray to become more like Christ. So what are the things in our life that we need to do away with um, that continue to take us away from being more Christ-like? The Spirit will show us that. The Spirit will also show us, if we ask, what is the one attribute that we can work on to become more like Christ? And this is something that I'm going to be focusing on in uh, actually over the next year based off of the research that I've done for this particular episode. And I think there are many great ideas is to be able to, I think that sometimes Um, I know, especially with me and the way that I uh, search, study and ponder is that I do it with many things and I, I, I gain a testimony of many things. But do I actually devote myself to one thing for, let's say, a year that helps me to become so focused and almost like I don't want to say an expert, but really good at that one thing. And then because I've become really good at that one thing and I've focused and I've prayed and I've worked so hard to really dedicate my life day in and day out to becoming as good as I can at that one thing like meekness, it helps us to accrue other Christ-like attributes. So again, the five steps to become more like Christ are charity and love, knowledge, patience, humility, and obedience. And that is definitely a wise list. On Church Education Week, I think this was back in 2017, Sister Marilee Boyack gave a talk and she listed the many things that we can do to become more Christ-like. And I really appreciated her um, spiritual thoughtfulness and wisdom in sharing this talk. And it's so poignant. And I, I just love those that give talks the people, the sisters and brothers within the faith um, that truly tune into the spirit, you can just feel that this is coming from God. So she says, number one is to figure out what God and Christ are like. And this is an active pursuit that we can all be involved in. So the obvious choice is that we turn to the scriptures because we know the scriptures are the word of God in order to come to know him. So, for example, we can make a list of godlike attributes that you discover by reading the scriptures, observing good examples, and learning from those around you. In the book of Matthew, that's a great place to start. Um, Talks a lot about Christ's life. 
and uh, the Sermon on the Mount would be a great place to start as well. That we have so many resources um, at our disposal being a part of this church here on earth that um, there's never an excuse for us not to be able to pursue these great avenues of becoming more like Christ. And um, the scriptures are always going to be the best place to start because it is the word of God. And I'm grateful to have the Bible in our lives. I think that oftentimes people think that LDS members, we just completely focus on the Book of Mormon, which I love the Book of Mormon. I It's probably the book that I've read the most uh, since I've been back in church in 2013. And um, I truly love the Book of Mormon and I understand the importance and that it is a second testimony of Jesus Christ. However, I also have grown to love the New Testament and the Doctrine and Covenants. The Doctrine and Covenants to me is a a book of revelations. It's just one revelation after another and it shows us clearly how Christ um, inspires and reveals to his leaders on earth to direct Uh, his church and also the plan of salvation to bring it forth here on earth and the new testament has so many great stories about jesus's life that we can come to know him personally by studying out his life and that takes me to number two as a study how jesus acts and reacts so as you read about his life here on earth we can become more like jesus christ um It's more than a checklist. It's seeing his behaviors and patterns which are revealed in the scriptures. We need to look particularly at the way he acts during times of stress and fatigue. And I love that she pointed this out because for me, when I'm stressed and I'm tired, that's usually when I am going to be less like Christ. And yet we can look to Christ and his example here on earth and what he did during times of stress and fatigue. So for example, the first thing that he did in his ministry was to go and cleanse the temple. And at times of stress, he reacted with strength and passion, conviction and resolve. Um, This is something that I'm going to start focusing on when I too am just stressed and worried and tired and anxiety riddled is to remember that Christ answered those very human feelings and emotions with strength, passion, conviction, and resolve. The next thing that we can do is assess how we're doing. Once we have a list of the Savior's attributes, and I encourage you to study out his life and to start making a list of his attributes and his example, we wanna know how we're doing personally, and I think self-reflection is so important. Make sure your goals are realistic, though. Do not make these goals unrealistic because then you're just going to get discouraged. You know yourself. um, You know what you're capable of and how far you can be stretched. And sometimes you just need to rely on the Spirit of God. But please be realistic about the attributes and goals that you set for yourself and prioritize the things that you need to work on. President George Q. Cannon said, We are the children of God. And as his children, there is no attribute we ascribe to him that we do not possess. Though they may be dormant or an embryo, the mission of the gospel is to develop these powers and make us like our heavenly parent. You know, 
We are truly the only church on earth that teaches that we can be just like Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in other religions, they seem to feel that that's very arrogant of us to think or believe that we are um, can be just like them. And yet, I think, isn't that natural? Don't all children want to be like their parents? So why would a spiritual relationship from a child to a father be any different? Uh, The next thing we can do is decide which impurities need removing, and we can pray about this. Repentance means one can return to him when we are making progress and to lose the desire to do evil. An excellent way to know him is to list the things that he's not. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, You can change, you can be helped, and you can be made whole, whatever the problem is. All he asks is that you walk away from the darkness and come into the light, his light, with meekness and lowliness of heart. Isn't that just the best news ever? And this is another reason why I just so adore the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we're not stuck. We are never stuck in our sins. We're never stuck in our transgressions or when we make a poor choice. There is always a way out through Jesus Christ and his life, his sacrifice, his devotion, his resurrection. Everything has been allotted for and we can always be saved even from ourselves. Number five, we need to determine which attributes that we need to add. So in addition to stopping things that we shouldn't do, one needs to ask what good things are needed to grow. So an example would be adding attributes of Christ's to one's life. And Sister Elena Stalton said, virtue is a requirement to have the companionship and guidance of the Holy Ghost. You will need that guidance in order to successfully navigate the world in which you live. Being virtuous is a requirement to enter the temple, and it is a requirement to be worthy to stand in the Savior's presence. Again, these are things that we can acquire while we're here on earth. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed because oftentimes I can feel overwhelmed at the goals that I set for myself or when I self-reflect, I really realize how fallen I am and how many things I need to work on to become more like Christ. And I don't believe that's how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ want us to feel. They want us to be aware and to know and to be able to see where we need to improve, but to do so without putting ourselves down, to do so with the acceptance and understanding that we are truly in an embryonic state in our learning and our spiritual education, and we came here fallen, so it's okay. We don't need to beat ourselves up, just recognize where the improvement needs to be made. The next thing that we can do is develop a plan of action. Focus on becoming someone better. Elder Oaks taught to achieve our eternal destiny. We will desire and work for the qualities required to become an eternal being. An example would be to choose an annual attribute to work on. And this is where I got the idea of working on an attribute for an entire year. Try to do something perfectly for an entire year and choose an attribute such as meekness and study it for a year. Write journal entries about one specific attribute. 
and additional idea is to take a personal photo and tape a slip of paper under the photo with the attribute written on it. Say to yourself, I am patient or I am kind depending on the attribute. I think that positive affirmations are good to institute in your daily lives. Um, I posted last week about, uh, you know, understanding and recognizing that we are a child of God and that we need to remind ourselves daily that we're a child of God. Maybe even say it 10 times. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Write it down. I am a child of God so that you feel it, you know it, and you understand it. That feeling, that knowledge and understanding can be the very power that gets you through your days, that helps you to be enlightened spiritually in your mind, to figure out the solution to your hardships and your trials, your tribulations and your problems. The next thing that we absolutely need to do, and sometimes this can be so hard for us, is to be accountable. When we're being accountable, that means we have to be able to self-reflect and look at our faults, be able to truly look at the things that we're lacking and to fix them. As members of the church, we operate under the principle of return and report. And I firmly believe in this. I learned all about this in the temple and I love this temple. We can learn the principle of return and report by living the covenants and ordinances of the gospel. One is taught holiness and godliness in the temple, and our covenants can be followed to show accountability towards God. You know if you're following your covenants where you fall on that spectrum or that scale of obedience. Some of the most tender things that you can read are from the prophets and apostles' intimate and loving relationships with the Savior. And this is why I love the LGS Gospel Library app, as their talks, everything that they share is right at our fingertips. So anytime that you are feeling down or lowly or you're just feeling deflated, you can always go to the LDS Gospel Library app and just start searching. Start looking, even do a keyword search if you want to. There's always something there that will remind you of your worth, that you brought your worth with you and to pick you up and edify you. I continue to talk about self-awareness and um, I'm a big proponent of self-awareness as someone who has had a lot of therapy in my life. And, um, you know, I understand how important it is for us to be aware of who we are, uh, the choices that we make, who we're becoming, and the path that we've put ourselves on. Um, Elder Peter Muir said that mortality is an essential gift in our journey to become more like our Heavenly Father. And Elder Robert D. Hell said, a disciple strives to become as Christ by keeping his commandments. And then we have Elder Dallin H. Oaks, who said, Now is the time for each of us to work toward becoming what our Heavenly Father desires us to become. And self-awareness is key. It is our capacity to stand apart from ourselves and examine our thinking. What are our motives, our history, our scripts, our actions? What are our habits and what are our tendencies? Stephen R. Covey actually shared this in a talk, and he talked about self-awareness. In order to go from one person and become better, we must possess the skill 
and ability to examine ourselves to clearly know and identify where we currently are and identify where we yet have to go. We can be more like Christ by being more concerned about another's feelings than what is right about a particular topic. I don't know about you, but I needed that. I needed to be brought back into remembrance that it's not important to be right. It's important that we're peacemakers. And we need to be very, very vigilant about understanding and knowing other people's feelings. It's more important how we leave the person feeling than whether or not we are right. Another way that we can be more like Christ is to adopt a mentality that there is a gray area because there is things are not just black and white and leave it up to the person there's no need for us to correct them Um, if they're in the church and they're coming to church and they're active I can assure you that the spirit is going to be working with them on their time and what their needs are and how to best address their ability to become more like Christ. I think that, you know, we have the doctrine, we have the teachings and they are black and white. You live this law and you receive the, these attendant blessings, but we know that there are a lot of gray areas because we all deal with hardships and trials and different things in our lives. And so we must be patient with each other. The next thing that we can do to be more like Christ is be open with others about how to improve church experiences. Don't be afraid to talk about how we can do something better, whether it's a Sunday school class, a primary class, even teaching seminary online, or if it's a ward picnic, maybe we can have more of these type of activities because we have more children versus adults, whatever the topic may be. Don't be afraid to be open with others about how to improve church experiences. And then don't be offended. Be willing to talk with each other to make the most out of the experience. Next, we can be open to discuss difficult and challenging topics. We don't want to ignore difficult and challenging topics or walk away from them. And God knows we've got a number of topics that are challenging and difficult within the world, hence the LDS faith right now. And we need to be willing to talk about these things, to learn about these things and to discuss them because that's the only way that we're gonna become better at handling these challenging topics, the ones that are the most difficult. And through doing this, it will be an expression of love to those that are maybe suffering from these particular topics and where they fall in line Um, as far as the gospel and their obedience. We can also um, realize that there is more than one right way to do something in life. There's not just one right way. So let us be careful with the words that we use. Um, An example of this for me is, uh, you know, missionary work. We had an investigator at one time who um, was struggling with the word of wisdom and the missionaries blessed their heart. They were doing what they felt was the right thing to do. And I'm sure divinely inspired. I know that they were praying about it. Um, and so they were constantly checking in with this person every day. You know, how are you doing? How are you doing with the cigarette smoking? Um, were you able to stop today? Were you able to cut back? But what ended up happening is it ended up being an accountability 
that was daily that was too much for this person. And so they stopped talking to the missionaries. So the missionaries reached out to me, realizing that this was something that I had dealt with. I started smoking cigarettes when I was nine years old to deal with some of the things that was going on in my life that was very traumatic. I did not stop smoking cigarettes until 2013. That is how long I smoked cigarettes. And um, they knew that it was really hard for me. As a matter of fact, it took 28 times for me to stop smoking. And so they felt like I could reach out and talk to this person. And you know what? I did. I can't say that it was completely successful because she did not get baptized. I, You know, she doesn't come to church anymore. But... We had a great conversation and she, I could feel, was very genuine about her desire and wanting to stop smoking. She didn't want to um, be that example for her daughter who was young. She didn't want to have the smoke around her daughter and she could see the value in the word of wisdom. But unfortunately, her life was very, very um, hard for her. And she dealt with that through smoking cigarettes. So I don't think um, that she's been able to overcome that yet. But um, I think that there are always more than one way to help somebody quit smoking. And sometimes if something's not working, um, we can try another avenue to support someone in that endeavor. or Whatever the case may be, whatever the situation may be, we can always um, try to be innovative and think outside the box. Um, The next thing that we can do is value information that doesn't support just our perspective. Um, I know oftentimes for me, uh, I can be very, you know, like have blinders on. Me and my family, we typically think alike, so I don't really get challenged too much in my family. Um, You know, I live here in Ventura with my son and my husband and uh, my brother's here temporarily. Um, So we all tend to think alike and I don't get challenged too much. I know that the times that I do get challenged, um, sometimes that puts me off and I do have a pride issue. I mean, I can readily identify that. And so I'm trying super hard to uh, be willing to see others perspective and to understand that there's more than just my way of thinking, especially with what's happened most recently with the Elder Holland talk, um, that the LGBTQIA community got so up in arms about that talk, and yet he didn't even talk about them at all in the talk. Uh, Yet I was trying so hard to be Um, understanding. I wanted to learn and understand why. Why were they so upset? And um, to also somehow support them with love and let them know that I'm here to listen and that I'm here for them, but not justify what they're doing. Just as I wouldn't want anybody to justify anything that I'm doing that is wrong. I always believe that we are to adjust and change our lives to be in line with the Lord, that we don't require that the Lord to adjust and change for us. Um, We can also allow others to bear their testimony on each and every fast Sunday without questioning their motives or their testimony. Um, This has happened in my ward before, uh, rarely, thankfully, but um, there have been people who have questioned Uh, the testimony and the things that uh, the people say that uh, tend to get up there every fast and testimony. I've had this experience and I actually used to be one of those people. Um, Before the pandemic, I was always up at the pulpit. It seemed like every single time I was sitting in the seats with my husband 
that my heart would race and race and race and race until I got up there and bore my testimony. Um, I did overhear one time in Relief Society, a sister say something about one of the other um, brothers that would go up and, and bear his testimony every Sunday and was kind of being a little bit um, disrespectful and snarky about that. And so I stopped bearing my testimony every Sunday. And um, after a few months went by, I talked to my husband about it. And he really helped me to understand that I need to um, realize that we all have faults and not adjust or change the way that I worship Heavenly Father and testify of his great love and omniscience and the beautiful plan of his gospel and the plan of salvation. And um, we just need to be supportive. You know, how lucky are we to have the structure of our church to be able to listen to testimony every first Sunday of the month that comes from others. This truly is a blessing to our lives. Uh, let us not be defensive when someone says something that we may not agree with. Let's face it, a lot of people are going to say things that we don't agree with, and it's okay. We don't have to be hurt. We don't have to be offended. We don't have to be angry or put off by it. Um, we can just recognize that they're entitled to their way of thinking. And if you choose, you can have a discussion with that person. But do so respectfully with love and recognize that we can agree to disagree and still love each other. It's okay. We also must be aware of attitudes of those that we lead and teach so we aren't hurtful in some way. This is the biggest thing I've been learning with this podcast lately as I realize more and more that my audience is so diverse. And I have a lot of conviction about the gospel and what I know to be right versus wrong. But um, that doesn't mean that I need to shove it down people's throats. And so I'm trying to be better at understanding the way that my listeners think or what they're going through, the challenges and the hardships that they're experiencing. So I can be aware of those feelings and be more considerate. I'll never be perfect at this because again, perfection is not attainable in this life, but I can give my best effort. And so that's what I commit to do, especially with this podcast is to be very um, careful and aware and considerate about others attitudes and how they feel and yet still be a defender of the faith we can also obtain the voice or ideas of those that we lead prior to creating a goal or a plan that influences them and this is something that i like to do with my seminary kids um, teaching on zoom can be a challenge especially if uh, they don't really want to participate and um, you know they have their cameras off and they don't want to talk but um, I do try to understand the things that, um, you know, what they think and how they see, let's say, a particular doctrine that we're taught so that then I can be the best seminary teacher for them to either nurture or correct or discuss. It's so important that we are careful and aware of others perspectives and thoughts and ideas so that we can discuss them and not ramrod our own opinions, thoughts and ideas. And last but not least, for heaven's sake, no snarky comments about the one the way someone may be dressed. If you're new to this podcast, you will not know this story. If you've heard this before, forgive me. Um, when I first started to go to church, I I've always had 
you know, great legs. I was a dancer um, and I was very into sports and I've always had great legs. So I would wear shorts. I would wear mini skirts and things like that. Again, I was out of the gospel right out of high school for 22 years. And so I always showed off my legs. One of the times that I went to church, I wore this dress. I absolutely loved it. It was so cute, but it was a bit short and I didn't realize it because I had been dressing this way for so long. And I had a sister who came over to me and whispered in my ear while tugging at my dress that my dress was too short. And at that time, I was so, I didn't know how to handle it. I just felt my cheeks flush. I could feel the blood rushing to my face. And I just looked at her and smiled and I turned around and I immediately marched to the bathroom and went into a stall and shut the door. There, I had the distinct feeling by the spirit that this could go one of two ways. Either I'm offended and I stop talking to the sister and treat her accordingly, or I just choose not to be offended and realize that she's just looking out for me. She just had my best interests at heart. And you know what? Fast forward to today, I'm so glad that I had that experience with her because we have such a close relationship right now and I admire her in so many ways and I absolutely adore her. When I left that bathroom, I found her in one of the classrooms for Gospel Essentials. And I approached her and I gave her a hug and I told her, thank you for looking out for me. And I was grateful, but it was the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that was able to help me get there. So let us be aware of the things that we say and the things that come out of our mouth as we talk to others. I have a friend that goes to church who um, wears revealing dresses, especially on the top, and um, she just happens to be top heavy. And um, I never say anything to her, and I just embrace her. I look past that, and I figure that God will work with her in his own way and she will come to the conclusion herself of what however she needs to dress and that's pretty much how I feel about anybody that comes to church it's more important that they're there than the way they dress I live in a beach town if they're wearing flip-flops jeans and a t-shirt oh well but if they continue to come to church I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the spirit will work with them and they will come to understand on their own and have a desire on their own to show up to church wearing their best and respect, love, and devotion for the Lord. Elder Whiting, who um, is a 70, he taught, Becoming as Jesus Christ will require changing our hearts and minds, indeed our very character, and doing so is possible only through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So much like climbing a mountain requires preparation before and endurance and perseverance during ascent, so too will this journey require real effort and sacrifice. You are good enough. You are loved. But that does not mean that you are yet complete. There is work to be done in this life and in the next. End quote. So the first step to becoming like Christ is having a desire to become like him. And becoming like him through his divine help and strength is achievable step by step. This is truly something that we can do. Um, we don't batter ourselves into doing it. We love ourselves into doing it. Um, you could ask a trusted friend or family member, or even a spiritual leader, what attribute of Jesus Christ that you're in need of. Um, this is going to be something that I'm going to do after I record this episode. It's also vital to ask of God because he has a perfect view of us and will lovingly show us our weakness. And then after committing to changing and 
repenting, we choose the attribute to develop. So as you strive to achieve this attribute, it will come gradually through his grace and Christ's grace because efforts to acquire this attribute will require prayers for his assistance. This is not anything that we can do alone, but by focusing on one attribute, other attributes begin to accrue. So make sure you record your experiences for as you study the scriptures, you will see many examples of this attribute and real progress requires sustained effort and sacrifice. Are you ready and willing? I am ready and willing. I think this is something that I've been doing for a while now, but I've learned so much from this. And Spencer, thank you so much for offering this um, topic. I have... It's been such a sweet joy doing the research on this, and I just wanted to end this episode with one more thought. The commandment to become like him is not intended to make you feel guilty, unworthy, or unloved. You are good enough, and you are loved. But again, that does not mean that you're complete. There is work to be done in this life and in the next, so only with his divine help will we progress toward becoming like him. I know that becoming like him through his divine help and strength is achievable step by step and this definitely can be done. And I add my own testimony to it that it's very possible and achievable. But we, you and me, must be patient with ourselves and remain focused. I wanted to uh, make a a correction from last week's episode. I talked about Dennis Schleicher. Um, He has a great um, Instagram account. I love his content. He does a lot of videos, but I made a comment about how he had protested at the um, temple, the new temple builds, and he actually didn't follow through with that. He was planning on doing it, but he didn't actually do it. And so I wanted to make that correction because I don't want to put out false information, but I've had a wonderful opportunity to be able to communicate with him through Instagram and um, he truly is a soldier of Heavenly Father. He struggles with his uh, same-sex attraction, but he lives worthily and he has a temple recommend. He is an example to so many of us of being Christ-like because he is lambasted uh, often through his social media accounts and even his own personal life um, for being an LDS member and yet being gay. If you get a chance to go check him out, again, his name is Dennis Schleicher, and I think that his uh, username on Instagram is Den, D-E-N, and then Schleicher, S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H-E-R. Please go over there and give him your love and your support, and let's surround him with love and support for all that he is doing because he is doing a good work and he is going to help a great many people who are struggling. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, we appreciate your support and love and remember to be safe, to stay healthy, and most importantly, remain faithful. And please be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, God bless and much love.